Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Hey, it's T Frank, a big BWI daily edition today. We are talking about conference realignment, a seismic shift in the way football is played and the way we're going to watch it. UCLA and USC joining the Big Ten. What impact does that have on uh, football in general, basketball, other sports, and of course, Penn State? We're also getting to the class of 2023. Can they finish as a top? 10 class we'll be discussing that with recruiting insider ryan snyder here on the bwi daily edition make sure you subscribe let's get to it let's bring in ryan snyder we're discussing all kinds of stuff today but the major news ryan as we talked about at the beginning of the show is USC, UCLA, they are uh, coming to the Big Ten. This is going to be a super conference. There's no way around it anymore. This is now officially a super conference, Ryan. We're on our way to 24, I think, is is what I think it'll end up. Maybe, I mean, maybe more, actually. It could be 28. That makes sense, too. But these are the first dominoes. It's the same as Oklahoma, Texas. More yep. dominoes will fall eventually. I don't know if it'll be in the, in the days ahead or the weeks ahead or the months ahead, but uh, you're not adding USC and UCLA to have them travel across the country however many times a year it is and all those different sports. You know, this is going to be uh, – we'll, we'll probably get into this at some point, but what I, I fully expect other Pac-12 schools to, to join this super conference, I guess you would call it. And, and you can get away with adding – I think four more of them and, mm-hmm. and 
and still potentially grab schools from the ACC down the road. So this is yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I think everybody likes, I don't know, you have the traditionalists who like it the way it is, and I do too. But this stuff's fun. I enjoy yeah. I enjoy seeing this stuff. I, I enjoy conference realignment. I enjoy uh, the, the potential matchups down the road. And uh, um, in, some, in, some, in some degree, it's long overdue. Yeah, and this is kind of the, the question, and you bring it up there, is this is good for college football. Like, I don't think there's any way around it. This is good for college football. Is this, uh, is this, I'm sorry, for the Big Ten, but is this good for college football and for college basketball? I do. Yeah, I do. Uh, it's not good for the Olympic sports. I agree. Uh, I, I understand that mindset. But what what are we sick of? What are we sick of in college football? Or what is one thing I, I, I know a lot of fans don't like? It's Penn State playing a couple cupcakes and – you know, th- those games that aren't very fun. Well, we're adding teams here that should always make it pretty fun. And, and I-, I see a world where you go into these super conferences and <clears throat> sure you'll maybe still play a-, a non-conference game or two, but if you add all these teams, why would you not be doing 10 game conferences, uh, conference play uh, if-, if you keep it at 12, of course. So I- I'm all for the, the more fun matchups and, and, and I think what fans are soon going to have to learn is that it's not going to be easy to have the yeah. 9, 10, 11 win seasons. Yep. So changing what the expectation is. And, and that's that's when we see how the playoff situation shakes out. Uh, it'll it'll become a little bit easier to read, I guess. But I, I, I'm all for it. I'm all for USC. I'm all for UCLA. I'm all for Oregon. I'm all for Washington. I'm all for North Carolina, Virginia. There's a lot of ways it can go. And yeah. man, the, the more kind of you can mix and match up matchups every year. man, that's so much fun. I'll take that over directional Michigan any day. Yeah, this is so this is an interesting situation. And one of the things I wrote um, earlier today over at BlueWhiteIllustrated.com is this is the new um the new major football conference in America. Like, forget forget the the XFL. Forget the USFL. What we're watching happening right now is the building of the second football league. And, uh, you know, it still can be, you know, the feeder system to the NFL. But this model, what we're seeing here is the, the Big Ten and the SEC are going to become ostensibly the AFC and the NFC. You're going to have all of the teams that are important playing games against each other. And you're right. You're going to, it's going to, part of it is going to take some of that pressure off of you can't lose anymore because you're not playing like the, the, as long as all of the rules are the same between the two conferences and for each school. And, and that's where I think this super conference alignment is going to produce a more level playing field because it's in their best interest at that point to cooperate. But with so many disparate parties, with the Pac-12, with the ACC, the SEC, the Big Ten, the Big 12, uh, the Conference USA, like all of these different, the AAC, there's too many people competing to have a, a kind of a standard playing field from a resources standpoint and all those things. So this is going to, I think, modernize uh, f- football and basketball specifically because they are the drivers of all of this money and that's really i think you talked about the 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 news of what's going to happen next how many teams 
can the Big Ten add before they get their media deal done, which was supposedly coming this summer, but then all of a sudden it went dark, and now we know why. Uh, you know, I, I, I think it'll... I think they'll announce the media deal before other teams will be added. I really do. But I think that media deal will just have addendums in it where if this team's yeah. added, this team's added, you know, it'll, it'll, they'll, there will be ways written into that contract that certain teams or not even, it doesn't maybe even have to be a specific Oregon or Washington, but teams that have certain attendance numbers, teams that bring in 90 plus million a year, stuff like that. If, if you add one of those teams to your conference, the, the television money just just rises. And I think that's kind of what you're going to see. I wouldn't be – with this announcement coming where it is, it makes a lot of sense that the Big Ten media deal will probably end up being announced right around Big Ten media days, which yeah. we're 23 days out from, 24 days out from it looks like. So that's where I think that's headed. And there's a couple things too with this. Like the, the whole billion-dollar talk, it now makes a lot more sense. I, I don't think – I don't think it's going up more because of these schools – that billion dollar number was including these schools. And, and I think that's what we're going to learn here. I don't think it'll be one, two, one, three. It'll be a billion. You mean this didn't I, just happen the way it was described? No. Of USC and UCLA just approached the Big Ten. They're like, hey, know, in the last couple of days, not, can we come over? <laughs> yeah, I know that's not the case. I, I'll leave it at that. Uh, but yeah, this, this is going to work out to be in where all these schools are going to – I don't think they're going to get $100 million each. I think they're going to get a little less than that, but it'll be probably about 85 to $95 million each. And that's where that whole billion-dollar number comes into and, and, and all that. But it's a good day if you're a Big Ten school. It's a bad day if you're an ACC school, a Pac-12 school, Big 12 school. I, I see a world where <laughs> I'm a big soccer guy, right, and – if you follow the Premier League, right, you got the Premier League, you got the championship. No, no, I'm not saying there's going to be relegation and promotion, uh, but that's kind of what we're going to see here. We're going to see a top league who probably play off each other, mm -hmm. like literally, uh, like that'll be the playoff. Maybe, maybe yeah. those other teams will be involved, but uh, I still think with with the playoff having a couple years, this will still be a couple years where it shakes out uh, with teams still trying to jump into the Big Ten. I don't, I don't know if we're going to see it here in the next couple weeks, but. Uh, I, I could see it later in the year uh, and, and then into next year as well. But I, this is definitely heading for at least a 20-team conference, in my opinion, by that time that next playoff uh, starts. Yeah, so this is going to be interesting to me as well with, with the length of the deal for the Big Ten because a lot of this stuff happens around TV negotiations because this is the leverage to get yourself to a billion dollars is you're bringing in the Lakers, the, the Dodgers, that's the, that is the appeal of USC. UCLA is also coming. But you've got USC. You've got these other teams that may be possibly coming, and you are building in that value. So, um, you know, it doesn't have to always happen around these things. doesn't always have to happen around these times. But it is advantageous, and it's strategic by the Big Ten that this move happens at the same time. Um can the Big Ten finally strong-arm Notre Dame into the conference by absorbing all of their traditional competitors, all of their traditional rivals? Because right now, the only ones they don't have are, like, Navy. Uh, I don't know if it'll be about... Yeah, I don't know if it'll be about them having their rivals as much as it is just there's going to be nowhere else for Notre Dame to go. And maybe Notre Dame will be able to stay independent fully in this next playoff, but the ACC is is next. And, yeah. and everybody knows it's next. They, they talk about the grant of rights till 20, 30 something, whatever it is. I, I don't, if, if look, the grant of rights are there 
if one or two teams decide to jump out. If six of them do that, then those granite rights don't mean anything anymore from what how it's been explained to me. So that's that's what you're going to see. Uh, I think long term, it might take a little bit longer for the ACC to devolve, but I, I think that's that's where we're going to. I think in the, the next immediate moves, in my opinion, are certainly going to still be on the West Coast, though, because you don't add, like I said, you don't add those two teams, expecting them. Yeah, they, Nebraska, I guess, would be the closest. <laughs> They'll play Nebraska a lot in all those sports, of course. But they, those two teams cannot be coming to the West Coast for swim meets and yeah. track meets, and it's just the money is not there. Yeah, yeah, I guess actually the money is there because of this the, this media deal, but I don't think it makes sense long term. That's why no. you're. I, I think what you're going to see, and I, my opinion is, you will see Stanford and Cal. And I know people are like Stanford and Cal. I, I think you will see Stanford and Cal because of yes, academics still do kind of matter a little bit. I know people will snicker at that, but they do. And Stanford is a hell of a program in everything uh, that they've won more national championships than anybody else by a sizable margin. And oh, by the way, they're in the Bay Area and you got San Fran, yeah. you got San Jose. I mean, San Jose, I didn't realize there's over a million people, just San Jose. And you have San Fran, I guess Oakland is Oakland's kind of uh, seems like it's dropping off as far as population wise, but it's still a massive yeah. area. And then you add Oregon and you add Washington and then you have six awesome programs out there. Uh, that can play each other competitively. And yeah, they'll still come over here uh, to, to the East Coast some too. But if you add those six, it gets you to 20. And then you can add a North Carolina. Then you can add a Virginia. I mean, to me, like everybody talks about Clemson. Clemson's going to go to the SEC, I think, if that were to happen. Just yeah. because they have that connection with South Carolina. It comes to makes more sense in the SEC than it does in the, in the Big Ten. North Carolina makes way more sense for the Big Ten, in my opinion. What There's about a, Miami? What, Miami's got that sort SEC. of academic vibe. Now you think SEC. SEC? Yeah, SEC. Same with Florida State. They they make way more sense in the SEC, in my opinion. So what's what? Because the Big Ten needs to get into Florida. Then they need to get a Florida school. You got to knock Why? off Texas, Florida. Why? Why? They captured because they're capturing all of these major markets, and some of the major markets getting what? into states like Florida and Texas are also a part of the the no. the grab here. They're capturing major markets that don't already have a foothold. Like people were talking about Georgia Tech on our board. That makes no sense. Like Georgia, like Atlanta is SEC. You can put the Big Ten Network in there. It doesn't mean people are going to watch it. Okay. Like my same with Miami, same with Florida State. Like that's still all SEC stronghold. So yeah, you you can go for those schools, I guess. But I don't think you get the kind of grab, you get the kind of pool because that's still SEC country, in my opinion. You you go for North Carolina, you go for Virginia. I'm sure if you add North Carolina, the Duke situation, I don't know how that would play out. But you grab yeah. the West Coast. You grab some. I, I think Pitt is even realistic for the Big Ten. I do. If the fact that they added Maryland tells me that Pitt would kind of make sense there too. I know Penn State fans probably some people want to hear that because they want to see Penn State Pitt play. Some just don't because they want to shit on Pitt. Yeah, there I said it. Uh, Arizona State. I, I think the other thing too with Arizona State is, you know, that Phoenix market is massive, and yeah. Arizona State doesn't fit. Arizona State does fit in the size of the school and some other things. The academics don't always fit there. But, man, how massive that Phoenix market is, that'll be another interesting one to watch. But to me, I I don't see Florida schools. I don't see Georgia schools. I don't see South Carolina kind of schools. That makes all sense for the SEC. That that, I can see that down the road. I see North Carolina and Virginia Tech would be be another one that makes sense. This has a great pre-Civil War vibe going on right now because you've got the Big Ten is the entire North. And then the SEC can go from Southeastern Conference to the ESC, the entire South Conference. Like it, it, 
it's just the exact opposite of they're going to grab up all those schools you're talking about there. Um, I, I just I think it's interesting when you looking at the way this is shaping up and some of the schools and some of the additions in these situations. Um, when we're looking at the the things that have played out here. Do you remember six months ago, I think it was, or whenever it was in, in, in response to Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC, the ACC, uh, the Big Ten, and the Pac-12 all put out a statement saying that we are jointly unified in, <clears throat> uh, in uh, pursuit of academics and amateurism in sports. And officially, right now, the League of Extraordinary Pinky Promises is dead because the Big Ten just stabbed the Big 12 or the Pac-12 in the heart <laughs> is what just happened. Um, and this, is, this goes back to the, the Big Ten network and talking about all of these TV meteorite deals. The reason the Pac-12 is in this situation is because they had an incredibly weak TV deal. So which one is the next one to fall, I guess, is, you know, is it the ACC or are there other Big 12 schools that can be cannibalized that are valuable? I think if the Big Ten won the Big 12 schools, they would have got them already. Like people talked about Kansas because the Kansas City market, they had the opportunity there and they they didn't. So to me, yeah, it's it's all it's more so about the ACC. Well, like I said, excuse me, let me clarify. The, the next schools the fall have to be those ones out west. You can again, you cannot have those US, UCLA and USC coming out here 70% of the time. Like it doesn't make sense. You have to add more the the strong schools in the Pac-12, which again to me are Stanford, Cal, uh, Oregon and Washington, potentially Arizona State because of that Phoenix market. Those were the ones that actually make sense. The rest of them probably combine up with the big 12 to some degree. And, and, you know, maybe you'd be get a, a third super conference in size of teams, but it, it won't get anywhere close to the kind of money that uh, the big 10 and the sec will get. So, but as far as a conference goes, yeah, the, the ACC is the one it, it has to be. And yeah. especially if you can rip uh, Notre Dame from them, then, then yeah, then it becomes a real issue. So uh, for all of you uh, that, feel like this is the death of college football and college sports in general. I'm sorry for you, but this has been coming for a very long time. Like this is, this is not a surprise to most people that are watching this. Um, the last thing, and then we should move on, talk about some, uh, some closer things to home when it comes to Penn State football in the class of 2023. What's the long-term projection here? Do you think when it comes to the, the amateurism model of not paying the athletes that are on the field, generating the interest in the sport uh, it feels harder and harder for me to say that NIL is an adequate resource when you've got such a professional NFL-like model happening, where you have mm-hmm. these two big conferences that are swirling around each other that it feels like are eventually going to collide in this super league that is that is professional and everything other than there's universities tied to it. Is, yeah. are, are we sh- are, is NIL not long for this world? Uh, I don't know. I really don't know the answer to that. I would say that I do expect that at some point down the road, the universities will be paying players to some degree, whether it's certain players get more than other players or not. But like the whole, the whole days of the stipend, uh, I think those days are done or will be done at some point. Like players will be getting more back from the university. It makes more sense that I think it'll be hard for universities to pay certain players more than others. Right. But I do I do see a world where you have both maybe where the universities are paying 
more money out to the players and it'll all be kind of a maybe flat fees. And then the NIL is where the star quarterback makes more money than, uh, you know, the backup kicker. So we'll see that that's to me, it's, it's, it's a matter of time, but so many more dominoes have to fall. You, you got to get these two super conferences. You got to get that playoff situation. You got to get all the money yeah. figured out yep. until, and then even then I think schools will fight it. Right. I mean, schools yep. have been fighting this for as long as they have. So what what will really change it is if court cases come into play, and you know, obviously the Supreme Court already slapped the NCAA around. If you get some more, uh, you know, people people taking things to court, then yeah, that's that's when that stuff snowballs. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. So let's transition to the class of 2023 to players that are not yet affected by all of these things that are happening, but will, because by the time that they're in their sophomore year, I want to say mm-hmm. that uh, USC and whatever else will be a part of the big 10. So let's take a look at um, something that you wrote earlier today, blue, Great time to remind you. If you want to go check that out, it's a dollar for 12 months of access uh, to get into Blue White Illustrated and to get Ryan Snyder's recruiting information. One of the things that you've said so far this year is that you didn't think that Penn State could get to that top 10 class again because of the lack of five stars. But some things have changed. What's what's changed? Yeah, they have 10 four stars. I didn't see, you know, that Penn State hasn't had too many classes where they surpassed 15 four-star players. And right now they are certainly on pace to potentially do that. Uh, I wrote in our write-up today. I mean, these are, these are just the four-star players who are still available. Derek LeBlanc, Evan Link, Jakeem Jackson, Kavion Keys, London Montgomery, Jason Moore, Stanton Rammel, Tamir Robinson, Tony Rojas, Cam Selden, Elliot Washington, and Trey Webb. That's a dozen guys who realistically, like I could see, if any of those committed to Penn State, it wouldn't shock me. Now, they're obviously, they're not going to get all of these guys. Of course, they literally don't have room for all of them. But if they just landed five of those guys, they're in pretty good shape to finish top 10. If you go back to last year, Oklahoma did not have a single five-star player in its class. It had 17 four-star players and finished eighth overall. That's yeah. that's the recipe now. So, so when I was looking at this six weeks ago, I looked at the lack of five-star talent, and to me, that was going to be the issue for Penn State. But, man, I didn't see a Tamarian Parker. I, I thought yeah. the Kari Nelson was realistic, but it, I, I wasn't ready to make a pick for it or anything like that. There there are some dominoes that have fallen since that that make a 15-player, uh, 15-four-star player class realistic. So, yeah. like, for example, I mean, I already have Tamir and Tony 
Rojas kind of penciled in. I know, God, if they go elsewhere, I'm going to get murdered on YouTube. But I, I do. I have them penciled in. So you're already there at kind of 12. And yeah. London Montgomery, I think, is pretty realistic. There's 13. Uh, Evan Link, Jason Moore, two guys who I think could really potentially end up here. Boom, you're at 15. And that's yeah. not even counting an Elliott Washington, who I think is pretty much – it's going to be either Michigan State or Penn State. He's not going to go to Alabama. Uh, mm-hmm. You have Cam Selden, who's kind of a mystery. Some people feel good. He's just really quiet. That's absolutely possible. So th- there's a lot of ways uh, that they can get to that number. And, man, I think 15 four-star players is absolutely realistic and is yeah. probable at this point, which should put Penn State on pace to be have a top-10 class. So I want to go through a couple of those things uh, piece by piece because there's a lot of some information, some questions about that. You've talked about finding another – uh, five-star player before and I know you just kind of said like maybe don't worry as much about that but I was just thinking about Cam Selden and he has five-star athleticism but there's so little information outside of that about him his senior season could he be a guy that surprises and because of that physical profile and the way he if he if he you know produces his senior season do you think that's a guy if he landed at Penn State could be a surprise in that situation or am I taking too big of a bite of the apple here when it comes to the hypotheticals too big of a bite sorry there buddy uh he's number 113 right now here's the here's the issue is is to make a 113 to top 30 jump we need testing numbers we need Mm -hmm. camp information that and he's playing cam selden is playing very very small schools he is uh, just on a whole different level from everybody else and i know we say that about a lot of guys you know that He's on an even more drastic level than what Julian Fleming was when he was at Southern Columbia, of course, which is a smaller school. And, and Fleming just put up all these crazy numbers. Selden's gap is even bigger than that. So so that makes it very difficult for me to see that happening, it, especially. I mean, we yeah, we do have some track numbers and stuff, but just for that massive of a jump, I, I think is probably unrealistic at this point. The, the guys who gotcha. make sense really are kind of Jason Moore. He's at 46-ish, I believe, uh, in our rankings at the moment. He he makes sense as someone that could jump up because he's right on the on the border. And so is Alex Birchmeyer, by the way, too, who I wrote yeah. in the article. Like, I could see Alex being a five-star. Uh, so that could get Penn State, you know, one four-star and 14 four-star, something like that. Birchmar is a number 31 right now. Right now we have 25 guys as five-star players. The class will finish with 32 five-star players. So he's right there on the bubble. I, I absolutely could see Birchmeyer, And I think Jason Moore is probably the most realistic. The other guy, too, Derek LeBlanc, he's a top 100 prospect at number 73. Possibly uh, I, I could maybe see that, especially because he's playing elite Florida competition. So, uh, but But right now – more Birchmeyer, they make the most sense. Yeah, and LeBlanc, you know, according just looking at him at the photos of his official visit, looks like he's really filling out in that defensive tackle body heading into his senior season. Um, stick there for a second. I want to get to Tony Rojas, but just the Derek LeBlanc thing, it's too good of a transition. Penn State, right now, we talked about this, I think, previously, that the, the corner position doesn't seem like there's a great fit right now for the Nittany Lions. Um to add somebody from outside, maybe from internally, they could flip somebody in their class to play that corner position along with um, Lamont Payne. So Derek LeBlanc and uh, and Jakeem Jackson. Jakeem Jackson. Can, yep. can you go in a little bit more detail about those two guys? Did you get the sense they want to play together or they just want to kind of tie their recruiting together? 
And is that a potential fix for both positions of defensive tackle and corner if Pence could land both? One thing I'll say off the bat, too, is when we did our podcast yesterday on King Mac, right? And I was saying, like, oh, Jackson came to mind. Can't think of too many others. I had a total brain fart. I didn't include Elliot Washington in that, who is absolutely realistic. I actually kind of think Elliot Washington is more realistic than Jakeem Jackson. So that was a massive, just a brain fart on my end, uh, not including him in that talk. So right now, uh, Elliot Washington, I would, I would, I would lean towards him ending up Penn State more than Jakeem Jackson. But and that's only just because I Jakeem Jackson is going all the way till July 28th with LeBlanc. There's again, we're we're talking about four weeks of recruiting against Florida and Oklahoma and Tennessee and and some awesome schools who will throw money around. That that's why I just don't want to go uh, chips into any kind of basket there because a lot of things can happen. I do think Penn State has a real shot with LeBlanc and Jackson. Uh, but again, and yes, I do think they will play together or they'll have real interest together. But when you have four weeks, like so much will get sorted out. Like all these schools are going to be telling them, yeah, we want you, we want you, we want you. And then you're going yeah. to get to July 26 and he's going to find out maybe one or two don't really want him. Yeah. You know, they're going to slow play him. So it's just hard. To, it's hard to say. I think those two would like to play with each other if it's if it works out that way. But man, so many players say that all the time and it doesn't work out that way. It's just, I think it's something that we... Uh, not to say what you're saying right now, but like some as an industry, sometimes we put just a little too much stock into. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to get a sense of, is it, is it a serious thing of like Kobe and Kalen King wanted to play together or is it more like twin be brothers. Great if we could, right? <laughs> Kobe and Kalen are twin brothers. These, right. That's way different than, than two teammates. You know, I see teammates all the time. Talk about that. Twin brothers make a lot of sense. We see twin brothers play together all the time. Yeah. Uh, but now I see it's, it's a lot different when they're two different families. Okay, so uh, I waited too long to bring this up. I do have to ask about Tony Rojas. Situation of moving his commitment back from the 5th to the 14th, the day before Tamia Robinson decides. So uh, do you have any information on that particular situation of the delay, anything that you know about what's going on there? Tony Rojas just admitted today that he's committed. He put it on Twitter. I'm still 110% committed to the school. I don't have the tweet from me. It's, I'm paraphrasing. I, I'm 110% committed to the school that I will be going to. I'm just pushing this back for personal reasons. So Tony Rojas admitted that he's committed, guys. I think that's all you really need to know right there. Okay? Yeah. We've all been expecting him to go to Penn State. He didn't end up going back for the Georgia official visit. There's a there's a lot of ways to look at it. But the, the fact that he just kind of put that out there is, is really all you need to know. And sorry, my phone is not on mute right now, if you can <laughs> tell. People are blasting me. Yeah, and it's good because your 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 phone is also your camera, so it's doing double duty. Uh, yeah, if you heard that fo- that phone call earlier, I was scrambling to uh, turn off. <laughs> Through the Probably magic of television, I don't think we saw most of it, so that's good that's enough. my job. Last thing is, I want to get into one particular position that I've been thinking about. We've been talking a lot about at the Blue White Illustrated Message Board. It is the running back situation for 2023 with, uh, you've got Trayon Webb from Florida, Lana Montgomery from Scranton Prep. I've said, really, I think realistically, with all the other players we talked about, you want one running back this cycle. But that doesn't mean that they can't take both. And it's something you've been bringing up more and more lately that it is entirely possible. Is this very much over like a first come first serve in all of the recruiting situation? Like if one of them recruit, one of them commits soon and then bang, 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 three other positions commit, then you might have to make that conversation. Or is this a situation where if one of them commits first, they'll take both because they really want the second. Yeah. Um, 
again, it, we talked about this, I think, maybe Tuesday with Greg, or you and I talked about it at some point. It's every commitment just impacts the other. So it's just really mm -hmm. hard to answer. If So say Trayon Webb waits another couple weeks and London Montgomery makes a decision here soon. But in between those, there's three other commitments and you're already, boom, you're at 20. Well, then you got to think about some things because maybe you don't have Emma Link in the fold or maybe Jason Moore is still out there uh, or Derek LeBlanc. It's just, it's just really hard to say. What I'll say is what I do feel confident in saying is for the longest – man, I got to turn these notifications. I got to turn this sound <laughs> off. Um, now I got ESPN. Uh, <laughs> I lost my train of thought now. What I will say is that for the longest time, I thought one running back. And mm -hmm. I had a lot of people telling me that. I do think two is realistic now. And I think when you look at Penn State's depth chart, it's probably unrealistic to assume that multiple guys do not transfer out after this year, especially if Nick Singleton is who we think he is. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we, we know Nick Singleton is going to get the ball this year. And if he goes off and I'm not going to compare him to uh, Mr. Barkley that we all, you know, love. No, I did that. I did that. <laughs> That's your job. <laughs> but uh, if he goes off and does what we think he is, it's unrealistic to think that guys aren't going to transfer out. So I think that's kind of the mindset here. They really like London. They really like Trey. If they can get both, how do you not? And especially because I think Trey might commit. Well, so I'm going back and forth on this one. Somebody kind of hinted to me that London could commit next week. But also there's talk about Trey committing next week. So there's just there's a lot of moving parts with this one at the moment. So if London were to commit first, yeah, I still definitely see them. If Trey were to commit first, I don't see how Penn State can pass up on a four-star talented running back from Pennsylvania when 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 in-state recruiting is as important as it is. So I do think two running backs is realistic. But again, if one commits July 5th and the other commits July 18th, well, what happens in the middle there is going to have a big impact on the guy committing July 18th. It just kind of yeah. is how it is. Anything else before we get out of here on Friday? Remind me next time to put my phone on silent. That's it. <laughs> it's the pre-flight checks is what I call it. Got to make sure all of your <laughs> stuff's in order before you get going. I've been praying that my camera, because uh, we went to Live for Life yesterday. So I was using my camera yesterday, and I, now I'm like, oh, let's get to the end of this before the battery dies. So we have been playing with fire today, and luckily we just got a little bit singed. So that'll do it this week for the BWI Daily Edition. But if any news breaks over the weekend, anything happens, Ryan and I will be back to break it down for you. Breaking news here on YouTube. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. Subscribe here on YouTube if you're listening on the podcast version. Thank you so much for being one of our almost 8,000 listeners now. Make sure you subscribe and you hit the, the download button so you always get the up-to-date BWI Daily Edition. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. Happy 4th. We will be back next week, probably Tuesday. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets.
Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York.